Love this podcast? Support this show through the supporter feature from Acast. It's up to you how much you give and there's no regular commitment. Just hit the link in the show description to support now. Hey, I'm Ryan Reynolds. At Mint Mobile, we like to do the opposite of what Big Wireless does. They charge you a lot, we charge you a little. So naturally, when they announced they'd be raising their prices due to inflation, we decided to deflate our prices due to not hating you. That's right. We're cutting the price of Mint Unlimited from $30 a month to just $15 a month. Give it a try at mintmobile.com slash switch. $45 up front for three months plus taxes and fees. Promote for new customers for limited time. Unlimited more than 40 gigabytes per month slows. Full terms at mintmobile.com. Tired of ads barging into your favorite news podcasts? Good news. Ad-free listening is available on Amazon Music for all the music plus top podcasts included with your Prime membership. Stay up to date on everything newsworthy by downloading the Amazon Music app for free. Or go to amazon.com slash news ad free. That's amazon.com slash news ad free to catch up on the latest episodes without the ads. British boxers, they're called British boxers, you know, because of the boxers who do a fight. But they also happen to do boxers that fit your ass and feel comfy and tight. Plus they make tees and hoodies and stuff and a wide range of things to wear at night. And all of their clothes are super lovely, ethically made, done just right. Check out British Boxers at British-Boxers.com, which is the address of their website. And then remember, Bro 15 for 15% off, because that's the code you should cite. Yeah, I rhyme sight with sight, but my rhyming abilities are rather shite. Don't judge British Boxers by my rubbish tunes. If anything, you should check them out, despite... Hello and welcome to the Partly Political Broadcast, the comedy politics podcast that if laughter is indeed the best medicine, it'll probably soon be considered a new hospital by the Department of Health. I'm Tiana Duyeb and this week as Prime Minister in the aftermath of an emu meeting a cement mixer, Boris Johnson faces a backlash for raising national insurance to pay for social care. I say, won't that just make it like all the other insurance though, where you know, young people have to fork out loads for something that isn't their fault. Isn't it funny, listeners, isn't it funny how just a few months ago we were all asking for things to go back to how they were before? And then the Taliban showed up and it was like, no, you've misunderstood, not that, we didn't mean that, we just meant like hugs and nightclubs. Just how did the Taliban take control of Afghanistan so quickly? The US and UK governments have cried, completely confused as to how somewhere they'd been using as a personal litter tray for 20 years and then told everyone they were leaving could be so susceptible to new rule. How on earth could my home have got burgled, I said after breaking in all the windows and then leaving a big banner on my front wall that says, I won't be in for some time and my laptop's on the table. I'm not saying the US have fucked up majorly, but they must be the only people in the world who've caused more trouble by withdrawing prematurely rather than staying inside and finishing properly. US President, and like if Charlie Brown chose the wrong grail, Joe Biden, announced that the war in Afghanistan is over, which is yet another example of America assuming that because they aren't somewhere and can no longer see it, then it's probably just ceased to exist. The sad truth is that the Taliban continue to take over more and more areas of Afghanistan, shooting many and oppressing women. Though I suppose it could be worse for their victims, they could live in Texas. The Taliban have said they'll allow women to work and study within their frameworks, but if you're not into mounting pictures, that doesn't sound great. 
Then there's the new threat of ISIS-K, who aren't, as I had wondered, the K-pop version of the terrorist group. I'd assume they'd just given up trying to groom new recruits and were instead hoping for a mass fan base to come to them via their boy band hits. But no, ISIS-K were responsible for an attack on Kabul airport that killed 13 US service members and loads of Afghans that absolutely no one's bothered to count because otherwise you might start to care and then ask questions about just what the point of the last 20 years has been. Because of this, and despite not having boots on the ground, or you know, any other pharmacy, the US are still trying to carry out counter-terrorism missions in Afghanistan, because if they don't bomb civilians in the Middle East, then they might lose their global brand. The Taliban's supreme leader, Hibatullah Akhudzada, has not been seen since the takeover, but the Taliban have promised he'll come into public view soon, which very much makes it sound like they've had him refashioned into a parade balloon. The Taliban have also promised that they'll be announcing their lineup for the new Afghan government, but Cristiano Ronaldo quelled rumours by confirming last week that he was going to Man United instead. So that's the US bombing Afghanistan to tackle terror and the Taliban back in charge across the country. All we need now is Nickelback providing a soundtrack that's indistinct from a lawnmower being used on a concrete floor, and the 20th anniversary celebrations will be complete. But. Don't worry, everyone. The British will save the day. Well, unless you're one of the thousands of Afghans who are eligible to come to the UK but were unceremoniously left behind. The Prime Minister has said that he will support them within Afghanistan, but considering he can't support people who are within the UK, that is very unlikely. The government's response to the crisis has been, like with every crisis under Johnson's leadership, to just go on holiday and ignore it till it goes away. First, the Foreign Secretary, fully laminated Dominic Raab, didn't make a phone call to his Afghan counterpart that he needed to because he was on his hollybops, leaving it to a junior minister to do it instead. That phone call could have ended up saving lives, so there were calls for Raab to resign over his incompetence, but he didn't, and I can only presume that he was still too busy being on holiday to do that, so a junior minister had to leave instead. Rob did tell a select committee of MPs that he wouldn't have gone on holiday with hindsight, which is true because he doesn't go to work with it either. Rob refused to say what the dates when he went were and when he returned, probably because he also isn't aware and the time zone difference will have really confused him. During questioning about his sunning abroad, he claimed that the end of his holiday was ruined because the sea was closed, which I think would make him like the exact opposite of Moses. He's so unlikable that the elements will literally close up just to avoid him. Perhaps, though, we're all underestimating Dominic Rob, and he did try to return to work early, but the air had closed as well. Or maybe Rob just knew that he'd have made very little difference if he was present or not. Rob said everyone was surprised by the scale and pace at which the Taliban took over, which is absolutely true if, by everyone, he means just himself, and not heaps of intelligence that has been suggesting it otherwise for quite some time. But intelligence does tend to be what he's missing at the very best of times. The fact is, Rob has probably only just realised that Afghanistan isn't the place in the Harry Potter books where the prisoners are. And just as Raab returned, Boris Johnson went to the West Country with his family, though the Prime Minister insisted that he wasn't on holiday. To be fair to him, you can only be on holiday if at some point you were off it. The British government have told the Taliban they must respect the human rights of Afghanistan citizens, presumably because that would save them from having to. There's already a reluctance to take in anywhere near as many refugees as they should, with Home Secretary and woman whose personality is an amalgamation of all the villains from the late 80s and early 90s films from Heather's to Schindler's List, Pretty Patel, claiming that Britain isn't ready to take in 20,000 people. Sure, I mean, how will she find that many barracks unfit for human habitation quite so quickly? You try and get the water companies to shut off supplies to all those places within a week. Ugh, hard. 
Patel met some Afghan refugees when they arrived in the UK because obviously they hadn't been through enough trauma already. Maybe, though, it's just a nice way of introducing them to British weather because if they can handle such ice-cold temperatures as she admits, they'll be absolutely fine with our winters. But despite the personal welcome for a few, the Home Secretary is still very keen to dissuade refugees from arriving in Britain, saying that anyone escaping Afghan must only come to the UK via safe routes great, except that there aren't any and the Home Office won't say which ones they'll help provide, so I really hope that thousands and thousands of people thwart her by just floating over on a series of cash boxes and lockers. Chairman of the Foreign Affairs Committee and Tory MP Tom Tugendhat, a man who could be replaced by stock photos of a car salesman and no one would know, said that the government abandoning all these people in Afghanistan has been a punch to the gut and has undone 20 years of good work. Which isn't true, as it wasn't good work, or even often work, but he can't be surprised that Johnson has abandoned the results of a poorly thought through intervention, as that's basically what he's done with all his kids as well. The British government's plans now seem to be to ask the Taliban to follow agreed rules, which must be galling hearing that from them, as a bit like James Corden telling you to stop being such a self-serving, annoying prick. Johnson wants the Taliban to allow evacuees out of the country past last week's deadline, because as a former journalist, the word means absolutely nothing to him at the best of times. And the Prime Minister has now vowed to use every economic, political and diplomatic lever to help Afghans. Why do I have the feeling he'll only be using first-class levers, though, and somehow forget all the others? I do wonder if the government's real plan is to let the Taliban take over completely, as that way our country will get knocked down a place on the world list of worst possible leaderships. The complete lack of planning and useless response has been widely criticised by Conservative MPs, all other parties and even the grey goblin Tony Blair, who said the withdrawal was driven by imbecilic slogans such as the forever war. Sure, Tony, whereas weapons of mass destruction and the war on terror were absolute bangers, right? You don't get to complain about the way a fire has failed to be snuffed out when you were the one gleefully handing the US a lighter to spark the gasoline back in 2001. Nothing will make any refugees that successfully get to the UK feel more at home than our depleted food and medical resources. It appears the only thing we have an abundance of are pundits who seem completely unable to say Brexit when trying to explain why this is the case. Trade issues and a shortage of lorry drivers has meant the army have had to be called in to help stock shelves, which I think is hilarious because in 2019, the British army had a TV advert featuring someone working in a supermarket and telling them to leave their job and join the adventure with the British military. You'd feel more than a bit gutted if the only change to your life was that you now got to wear camo while stacking beans. McDonald's ran out of milkshakes, which means the building industry has had to go back to using cement. Weatherspoons ran out of beer. Well, I say beer, but it was fosters, so potentially easily replaced by the weakened piss of hospital patients. It is nice that Weatherspoons now has a theme, though, of zero beer to go with their appalling zero-hours contracts for staff and the zero intelligence or foresight of poorly taxidermised lion Tim Martin. Most frighteningly, there are now not enough blood tubes for the blood tests the NHS needs to carry out, though I'm sure we're just days away from a spectator piece about how at least no one is taking our British blood or something like that. Such a shame, just as all these new hospitals are being opened by Health Secretary and only Suntarian in the Cabinet, Sajid Javid. Well, he said he was opening a new hospital, but it was actually just a cancer centre, which is part of an already existing hospital. I'm sure that most of his work involves him writing the title on a bit of paper and nothing else, and then shouting finished as he hands it over. I hope for Javid's sake that he doesn't have to be admitted to this new hospital, whereby they tell him the procedure was successful as they removed all of the tumour, only for him to discover they just snipped a little bit off the side and left it at that. As is always his only response to the fallout from Brexit, Cabinet Minister and Year 7 clay sculpture Lord David Frost has said that it's the EU's fault for causing this era of long-term chill, which is actually what's really needed in order to transport a lot of food without it going off. 
Yet again, Frost has said that the Northern Ireland Protocol needs significant change, and once again, as the person that agreed it, you can't help but feel that that change needs to come from within first. Apart from complaining that it's someone else's fault, the other solutions to the issue appear to be increasing lorry drivers' hours, because, you know, that way there will be enough food again, even if it won't be in supermarkets but scattered across motorways amongst the wreckages of vehicles driven by sleep-deprived underpaid workers. Hey, it'll at least add variety to the idea of roadkill. The other option, alongside depriving drivers of sleep, is to have longer trucks that can hold more food. But why stop there? Let's have one truck the entire size of the UK so it can deliver to everywhere all at once, yeah? Maybe the driver can be on a permanent drip of Red Bull so that they'll never sleep again. Oh, but how will they get the Red Bull delivered? Maybe we'll need a truck that's the entire size of Ireland just to get it over. And so on and so on. There have been concerns that the crisis in Afghanistan would lead to further terror threats in the UK, but with soldiers being sent over there meaning they can't stack shelves, and the food shortages meaning Christmas might be cancelled, perhaps the Taliban have already worked out a really, really slow long-distance way to win. Food shortages mean price rises, which are coming in just as the Prime Minister is looking to cut the universal credit uplift to £20 extra a week. It's being called a breach in human rights by Human Rights Watch, but as we know, human rights are only important when asking the Taliban to uphold them. Boris Johnson said universal credit claimants should rely on their own efforts instead of welfare, but taking him as an example, that means they should avoid trying to work wherever possible, sponge off the state loads and keep having children they can't afford. The long-awaited plan for social care is due to be announced this or next week, and currently it seems the government wants to increase national insurance payments to cover it, because their original plan of just letting everyone who needs social care die so that Johnson could use the money to buy gold curtains didn't work out as well as they wanted. The Conservatives did make a manifesto commitment during the last election to not raise national insurance, income tax or VAT, but I mean, if you took that seriously, then you need to book an appointment with me, because I'm a wallet inspector and I need to run a pin check on all of your cards too. Labour have been stepping up opposition to these proposals by saying things like they'll look at what the government are proposing but it might be wrong or it might be not and oh god stop asking questions it's just too hard why can't we all just get along? The opposition's plan for universal credit is rather than scrap it or do something good they just want to shake it up which sounds terrible I mean that's a really vague term that I think of as like when I worked in Next as a student and I just spend hours moving the same jacket from side to side on the hanger so it looked like I was doing something when I wasn't actually doing anything at all. Labour leader and man with all the use of the text at the end of an instruction manual for a filofax, Keir Starmer, is taking on the Prime Minister head-to-head by having his approval rating fall at exactly the same time Johnson's has, with neither beating both as the option for best Prime Minister in the polls. It says something when you can be so nothing as an opposition that nothing is actually preferable for most people. The party just avoided a strike by its own staff after it's backed down from making compulsory redundancies and allowing voluntary ones instead. Yes, the party of workers there, giving its staff a choice of how to choose not to be able to work. This is having to happen as Labour faces near bankruptcy with all of its finances. Still, I'm sure the country will trust them with the economy now, right? In other news, Covid is still hanging about. Yes, I know you all assumed it just quietly snuck off like Cersei during the end battle, but nope, it's been having a productive summer too. Cases, hospitalisations and deaths are all on the rise, just as schools are returning. Hooray! Education Secretary, and like someone used a cotton bud to do the dusting, Gavin Williamson, has said that parents are responsible for preventing a new Covid wave. I presume he means his, right? All schools will receive CO2 monitors to improve ventilation, but most schools haven't got them yet. And I really worry that actually the whole batch will need to be replaced before they go out after Williamson's burned through most of them by himself. 
The question now is whether children can have jabs, even though when I was at school we used to just jab each other all the time till we got dead legs. The Joint Committee on Vaccination and Immunisation say that the margin of benefit of vaccinating 12 to 15 year olds is too minimal to support it, but the government looks set to ignore them and go ahead with it anyway because, as we know, they love to follow the science. Williamson says the NHS are ready to go into schools, which I guess means that that'll make all of them brand new hospitals, according to Sajid Javid. Meanwhile, despite vaccines having a definite impact on the amount of hospitalisations per cases, anti-vaxxers have been protesting outside the Science Museum, presumably because if they'd been inside it, they might have learned something. A week before, they protested outside Google HQ, claiming that they aren't giving the right information. Surely that's up to what you put in the search bar, though, isn't it? I mean, why don't you try looking up something else or just putting speech marks around it? Come on. In Scotland, the SNP and Scottish Greens have formed a coalition in Scottish Parliament in what SNP leader and retired Crayola character Nicola Sturgeon called a leap of faith for both parties, which is worrying as what we really need to tackle climate change is a leap of science. Creating a greener Scotland is part of their joint platform, as is another independence referendum, though as Scotland only causes a seventh of the UK's pollution, technically cutting themselves off from England would suddenly decrease their carbon dioxide output by 310 million tonnes, and that is definitely hitting a target. Former cricketer and man composed entirely of gristle and the sweepings of a barbershop floor, Ian Botham, has been appointed as UK trade ambassador to Australia. As Botham tweeted a naked picture of himself not too long ago, this appointment might mean that his social media will now finally be filled with other people's meat and veg instead. He got the job via International Trade Secretary and failed Chris Lilly character Liz Truss, which might seem curious after the government had told footballers to stick to football, but now former cricketers, it seems, can be experts in trade. Though I guess maybe that's because Botham has always been very good at spin. Chancellor and the world's most dull and four of ours, Rishi Sunak, has had planning approval for a new pool, gym and tennis court at his Grade 2 listed home in North Yorkshire. Yeah, I bet the prick will willingly self-isolate now, won't he? This comes just as he's about to drop the triple lock pension, cut universal credit and raise national insurance in order to pay for social care. Maybe he's got all these new fitness areas in order to train to run away from angry hordes of idiots that voted him in when they realise what the fuck he's done. Meanwhile, two MPs that are gruesome for each other, Esther McVeigh and Philip Davis, have accepted over £18,000 in VIP tickets to shows and events from private gambling firms in just two months. Still, I guess it might be worth for them paying to have their own box, just so they don't sit near other people and ruin it for them. And extra from the X-Files, Michael Gove was seen dancing, if you can call it that, by himself at a nightclub in Aberdeen. It's very difficult to tell if he was off his face and gurning, as that's how he always looks. The newly single MP proved why he's always likely to stay that way, and while wearing the only suit he ever wears, threw up setting shapes to techno and jungle. Which is surprising, because I thought he was more into country, because he loves a fat line. And lastly, an alpaca called Geronimo was killed after testing positive for tuberculosis, despite the owners pleading to the government to intervene and reform TB testing. You'd think, judging by how often they back their leader, the Conservatives would be really keen to save a hairy, disease-ridden mammal, despite it being a threat to others. If you thought the only way to get a more defined jawline with natural-looking results was through surgery, think again. Juvederm Volux XC is a non-surgical injectable gel filler that improves moderate to severe loss of jawline definition and can help you achieve natural-looking results with little downtime. Even better, this improved definition lasts up to one year with optimal treatment. No maintenance required. Improve jawline definition for a smooth, sculpted look with Juvederm Volux XC. 
For important safety information and to find a licensed specialist, visit Juvederm.com. That's J-U-V-E-D-E-R-M.com. Not for people with severe allergic reactions, allergies to lidocaine, or the proteins used in Juvederm. Common side effects include injection site redness, swelling, pain, tenderness, firmness, lumps, bumps, bruising, discoloration, or itching. There's a risk of unintentional injection into a blood vessel, which can cause vision abnormalities, blindness, stroke, temporary scabs, or scarring. Talk to a licensed specialist to find out if it's right for you. Tired of ads barging into your favorite news podcasts? Good news. Ad-free listening is available on Amazon Music for all the music plus top podcasts included with your Prime membership. Stay up to date on everything newsworthy by downloading the Amazon Music app for free or go to amazon.com slash news ad free. That's amazon.com slash news ad free to catch up on the latest episodes without the ads. Hey, I'm Ryan Reynolds. Recently, I asked Mint Mobile's legal team if big wireless companies are allowed to raise prices due to inflation. They said yes. And then when I asked if raising prices technically violates those onerous two-year contracts, they said, what the f*** are you talking about, you insane Hollywood ass!" So to recap, we're cutting the price of Mint Unlimited from $30 a month to just $15 a month. Give it a try at mintmobile.com slash switch. $45 up front for three months plus taxes and fees. Promote for new customers for limited time. Unlimited more than 40 gigabytes per month. Slows full terms at mintmobile.com. Aloha, Paul Bruds. Ah, oh, it's back. Show's back. How have you been? How is your summer slash eternal autumn? Which is apt uh, due to it seeming like we're in a constant fall for humanity positivity um oh good i'm glad you had good fun um i did as well thanks for asking though i have been working solidly through pretty much all of it um which is both lovely after 17 months of my work being mostly illegal um but it's now swung back round to me having done so much work that i'm wishing i could sit on my ass for a week again and do sod all um i know some of you have been working solidly throughout the pandemic uh, so this is probably um just not helpful for you but if you haven't um i wonder if you like me are expressing equal amounts of Hooray, it's good to be back with a few ounces of, oh, I have to work again. That is terrible. I mean, I am jammy, uh, as obviously most of my work, bar a few Tuesday crowds and that one on Bank Holiday Sunday, most of my work has just been largely receiving heaps of laughter from packed rooms of lovely people, which has very much healed my comedy soul. Um, At the same time, my sensible, there is still a pandemic head, has basically given up and conceded to my ego's needs for self-gratification. It's amazing how we can mentally prioritise, isn't it? I mean, I'm still wearing my mask in shops, on the train, in crowded areas, still trying to be very careful, socially distanced, and then I'll get on stage at Leicester Square Theatre, standing in front of 450 people who are packed closely together and think yeah this is fun i mean it, it is but also it isn't you know it's um it's quite worrying uh but i have been lateral flow testing to the extent where i don't even gag anymore lads and uh, i only sneeze three out of five times uh when i stick that thing up my nose so not sure how those skills are going to help me in the future but i will add it to my cv anyhow probably important to have it there Um, I've done a festival uh, so that I could remember how much I hate camping and I've been writing for loads and loads of things that I can't tell you about yet but if they ever get made or get binned or I get bored I definitely will Um, and on top of that uh, this past week uh, this is fun managed to pull a calf muscle and add a small blood vessel hemorrhage in my right eye which sounds worse than it is it's not actually that bad it basically just meant that looking through my right eye gives me attack by angry squid vision and what it means is the doctor told me not to do any anabolic exercise or running for two weeks so I have taken that to mean I absolutely have to medically it's what the doctor said sit on my bum and eat crisps till October it's basically what she said it's basically what she said um the doctor said that and I have to follow the signs so um that's that's my plan 
So, um, look, hello, uh, this is back now, sort of, kind of. There will be some changes to the show, sort of, kind of. Why so vague, Tiernan? Well... I'm glad that you asked. But basically, due to all the work landing on my feet, um, I mean, not literally, that would be painful and really not help my calf muscle situation. What I mean is due to me now having lots of work, lots of actual real work that pays me to pay my bills, um, this podcast like this week's episode might not always have a guest interview on it because that is the hardest and most time consuming bit to sort out um sometimes though this podcast might just be an interview and not the other bits sometimes uh this podcast might be nothing and not come out for a week because of things what i'm saying is for the next month especially this podcast is going to be a bit sporadic and then you'll be able to tell when i'm out of work again as suddenly it'll be regular and every episode will be far far too long uh, unnecessarily long um i'm also streamlining some bits of the podcast that while i loved it was just taking ages adding them all in um and at the same time as you'll tell from this week's episode i've spent far far too much time on other stuff that absolutely isn't worth it and i've still got the same old beats from my brother because i can't persuade him to send me any new ones because he keeps selling them to rihanna yeah really he really is uh, he's making lots of new tunes and singles and then he's selling beats to Rihanna for her Fenty online adverts um, no despite her being a billionaire it doesn't pay as much as you think gosh do you know what? I really hope she joins the billionaire space race can you imagine wouldn't that be brilliant or at the very least just uses all her money to seal Chris Brown into a, a shuttle and uh, send him into space and never let him come back the prick um, it's all going to be sort of truncated uh, this podcast from now on and as I mentioned there's no guest this week not least because I had an awkward encounter with um, oh god this is awful uh, with a, a really brilliant journalist um, an Afghani journalist who's based in Canada um, and I contacted her to see if she could do this silly show and she very kindly replied while pointing out that she couldn't because she was trying to help her family escape Kabul um, oh god and I felt like a terrible human being for basically going hey do you want to come and chat for free on a comedy politics show uh, when she was doing far far more important things and I just sort of cringed myself into a corner for the rest of the day um, and decided that maybe this week there'd just be no guest um, next week though there might be just an interview um, maybe and the following week there might not be a show at all as previously mentioned it's hard to say and not just because I've written it in ancient Aramaic I really need to change my calendar settings um, but I can't read which ones they are in order to change it back it's very confusing um, also um, and now I'm going to plug the Patreon in terms of donating there are still the other donation places available but uh, really um, if you'd like to donate to your show go to patreon.com forward slash parpolbro you know just so you're all in one place and I'm not firing links at you like someone with a Zelda gun uh, that is a gag for four people maybe I should have said not firing links at you like someone with a, um, a wild cat gun or someone with a terrible teenage body drink. Can you tell I've had time off? I've had a lot of time off. Um, oh, and British Boxers are still very kindly sort of sponsoring this show, so do head over there, british-boxers.com, and use the code parpolbro 15 for 15% off if you fancy some nice pyjamas from good people. Um, which is, I've said it before, they're genuinely lovely, ethical, politically sound bunch, and um, I just would like to give them as much support as possible. Um, if you want pants uh, or T-shirts or whatever, the other stuff they do, go there, do that. Right, I think that is it. I did have loads to tell you. It's been a while, isn't it? It's like six weeks of stuff to tell you, but I've forgotten nearly all of it because I ate too much lunch and I've been doing no exercise because doctor said. So, welcome to the new, hopefully more svelte Parpol Bro, which will last at least three weeks until I end up doing like four hour long episodes uh, because there is too much awful to cover otherwise. And now, on this week's show, well, it's just that sort of intro bit you've already heard, really. This admin bit. And then, <sighs> apologies in advance this jingle oh afghanistan oh taliban it's all gone bad 
According to US President Joe Biden, by following through the plans of his nuanced deficient predecessor, he has ended the forever wars, which is great, uh, except for the fact that they're definitely still happening in Afghanistan, albeit without the US there anymore. It's a bit like saying the party's over when you leave, despite everyone inside now having a better time talking about how great it is that you've gone. I think everyone can agree that the Taliban aren't the ideal leaders of the country with their fundamentalist, misogynistic and highly violent religious ideology. But it's pretty hard to say everyone was having a great time under the US and UK occupation over the last 20 years too. Yes, yes, I am going down the evil on both sides, Jordan, because in this case, there really was, or at least sort of shitty. What? The Western world charging in to fix somewhere and somehow making it worse? Who could have predicted such a thing? I know, right? So out of character. Back in 2001, the Taliban government of Afghanistan refused to hand over Osama bin Laden. You remember him? So the US invaded and removed the government, which then led to all of terror being defeated. Now no one's scared of nothing and Halloween is dead. Sorry, I mean, it resulted in hundreds of thousands of people being killed, many of them civilians, loads of money being given to warlords for developments that never happened, a NATO-installed government that were rife with corruption, an Afghan army full of ghost soldiers, which doesn't mean they were like undead and immortal, but more that they weren't actually turning up despite being on the payroll, and even though the Taliban surrendered and Osama bin Laden was eventually captured and executed ten years later, the US continued to airstrike the shit out of places and kill lots of people. So, needless to say, if you lived in Afghanistan over any of that time, you probably got on the natural path of remembering the previous government being better than the current one. Yeah, we've all been there, right? The Taliban have been growing in numbers since 2014, even to the extent that the Trump administration struck an agreement with them last year for the US to leave mid this year. Donald Trump, a prime example of why you shouldn't pick scabs, thought that including the Afghan government in this decision would just slow the whole process down, so instead totally undercut them and then things went even more rapidly downhill from there. As anyone with understanding of Afghanistan could have told you, and hence why Dominic Raab and the British government didn't have a clue. So, what next? Well, there are several big-time immediate issues. Uh, one, obviously, is the health, safety and rights of women in Afghanistan. The Taliban say they vow to respect women's rights within the limits of Islam, which is pretty vague and sounds a lot like how I'll say I won't eat all the cake today, but then I'll scoff every bit of it except a few crumbs, which are definitely safe for tomorrow. So far, the Taliban have said that women can continue their education and work outside of the home, which is better than when they were last in power. They're also being pressed to have an inclusive government. And there have been protests by women in Kabul demanding equal rights, which honestly I think is the bravest and most admirable thing ever, and the Taliban hasn't stopped these happening yet. The other big issue is that at least 12,000 people fled Kabul last week, which adds to the 5 million that have fled Afghanistan since 2012 and not returned home. Obviously, I think the rest of the world needs to step up and just accommodate, because, you know, human beings and shit, but it does create a massive workload for relief foundations as well as governments. I mean, not our own, because Pretty Patel is a fucking horror show. Not even a good one, like American Horror Story Season 6 onwards. Within Afghanistan, there is displacement too, as it ranks six in countries most affected by climate change, meaning that those in the rural areas have suffered floods and drought, causing them to head to the cities. Agriculture was a really big part of Afghanistan's GDP, and as that's withered away, it's hit their finances and also allowed the Taliban to recruit people who will earn more as fighters than as farmers. Their main trade now is in opium, though the Taliban have sworn to make Afghanistan poppy-free, which of course will upset all the Remembrance Day flag wavers. But if they do that, it could also completely bankrupt the country. Then there is attempted destabilisation and terrorist attacks from ISIS-K, concerns that Al-Qaeda will make a resurgence, and the National Resistance Front of Afghanistan, who are anti-Taliban fighters led by an Afghan politician and former vice president. So, these forever wars aren't really over at all, uh, even though the US thinks so. And while the US and UK intervening again might not be the answer anyone wants, it's very hard to know exactly what should happen next, and the country faces political upheaval, climate change worries, humanitarian disasters, financial bankruptcy, and that's all without Covid, which is increasing across the country. But here we are in the UK getting upset because Weatherspoons is out of Foster's.
So, what can we do? Uh, no, don't start buying the finest opium you can just to boost their economy. Don't. Stop it. Stop it now. Firstly, um, there are some amazing aid groups, uh, including Women for Afghan Women, Global Giving. Um, you can become a member of the Joint Council for the Welfare of Immigrants who are currently trying to stop the Home Office criminalising asylum seekers arriving in the UK. Safe Passage also have a petition against that, which I'll pop in the pod blurb. And Galden Magazine published an absolutely brilliant list of places and people to support, which I'll also pop in the links. And of course, you can lobby your MP unless you have one like mine who won't reply to you unless it's to say something completely fucking useless. So, put that heroin down and do that instead. Put it down. Put it, I know it's tasty, but very moorish. I know you stop it. Stop it. And that's all for this week's Partly Political Broadcast, the first of a month of haphazard pod releases. Thank you for returning the attendance of your ears to these noises. And of course, should you like them so much, the noises that is, not your ears, um, you know, then why not recommend it to other trusted associates and compatriots, or even untrusted ones? Again, that's bugger. Don't give your ears to untrusted compatriots. Should you like it even more than that, though, you can also give it a spanking review on Apple Podcasts or similar pod review accommodations. And even join the Patreon at patreon.com forward slash parpolbro and donate towards its happenings. Big thanks to Acast for hostings, Cat Day for the linear liner notes, and my brother Last Skeptic for all of the tunes. This will be back next week when confusion is caused as it's revealed the reason the government are dropping the triple pension lock is because Boris Johnson lost the keys for it in the sea while not on holiday. Rob is reprimanded for piping up to say if only it had been closed. Bye! This week's show is sponsored by DIY Hospital, a new kit from Sajid Javid to turn anywhere you are into a hospital right there, right now. For £15.99, which will go straight into funds for a new smart telly for number 10, you'll receive a fancy DIY Hospital box with instructions, one plaster and a single paracetamol. DIY Hospital guaranteed to reduce NHS waiting lists everywhere. Say hello to a new era of mental health care. Cerebral is here to help you achieve your mental wellness goals with professional therapy and medication management support. 100% online. You'll experience the all-new Cerebral way, an innovative approach to mental wellness designed around you. You'll get a personalized treatment plan from a therapist, prescriber, or both in a safe and judgment-free space. Your Cerebral therapist or prescriber will outline a customized plan with clear milestones along the way, so you can get to feeling your best. With Cerebral, you're not alone in your mental health journey. We're here to empower you to live a fulfilling life. So take that first step towards a brighter future and sign up today at Cerebral.com slash podcast and use code ACAST to get 15% off your first month. Offer only valid on monthly plans. Other exclusions may apply. Offer ends July 31st, 2024. See site for details. Tired of ads barging into your favorite news podcasts? Good news. Ad-free listening is available on Amazon Music for all the music plus top podcasts included with your Prime membership. Stay up to date on everything newsworthy by downloading the Amazon Music app for free or go to amazon.com slash news ad free. That's amazon.com slash news ad free to catch up on the latest episodes without the ads. Thank you.